Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2010, Music Nomad Equipment Care has been making premium and innovative guitar care products used and trusted every day by top guitar repair shops, guitar makers, and touring techs in over 50 countries. Pro quality but affordable, Music Nomad is also the go-to for countless guitar players around the globe to help their guitars look, sound, and play their best. After two years of research and development and in collaboration with top guitar repair shops, Music Nomad developed in 2021 the keep it simple setup aka kiss and now thousands of guitar players from beginners to pros have learned how to set up their own guitar they demystified the guitar setup process by developing innovative precision gauges and tools combined with step-by-step general guidelines anyone can follow and set up their guitar to play and sound great with their KISS method and their gauges, you can check the vital areas of your guitar and use their toolkits to perform your own setups. They have a 24-page instructional booklet available in seven languages, downloadable for free, and many how-to videos, both by setup tasks as well as many complete setup video tutorials for popular brands such as Fender, Gibson, Taylor, PRS, and more. Not only is it fun, but a properly set-up guitar takes your playing and sound to a whole new level. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com. Their website has a very cool setup hub section where you can find everything you need to know so you can start setting up your guitar properly. Follow them on social media at, at musicnomadcare. Kiss your guitar with Music Nomad's Keep It Simple Setup. Philip. Yes, Joe. Why couldn't the gold medalist athlete listen to her music I have no idea she broke the record hello and welcome to the guitar nerds Podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by 40 Watt Podcast's Philip Carter. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, Philip. How are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm well. I'm doing very well. Uh, back from a very busy weekend. Uh, I was struggling. I was trying really hard for this to be the dad joke that I knew the answer to, and oh. I was going <laughs> to preempt your ending, uh, and I couldn't find it. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're bad. I'm scraping the barrel, to be honest. I did find um, a whole website that does music dad jokes. Um, 
but uh, it's on a website called scarymummy.com. Oh. But the, the American mum. Do you guys say mom? Do you actually pronounce it mom as uh, well yeah. as Yes, do we, we pronounce it that way as well as spell it. Right, I see, I see. Yeah. Which is probably I, more accurate, really, as mother is with an O. So, Joe, I listen, to this, I listen to this podcast called There's No Such Thing as a Fish. Right. Oh, yes, I'm right. aware of you it. You familiar? Okay. And um, on the most recent episode, uh, they had a guest on who is an uh, – oh, what is the official title? Uh, lexiconographer? Ooh, um, that sounds like an awesome job. Right. Essentially, essentially, they write dictionaries, if I'm really honest. Um, but anyway, they, they were talking uh, and they, they were discussing in an early version of one of the first dictionaries, the a lot of opinions got expressed in dictionaries at the time <laughs> instead of just right. being fact. I love um, it. And, and the gentleman writing this dictionary essentially didn't include it, it in, didn't include any words that start with the letter X because what? they said they don't exist. <laughs> it was, but they obviously did. Some some didn't for for many many years. But later on in that conversation, they talked about when Merriam Webster, when Webster was writing the dictionary in the U.S. Um. He tried to simplify words just because what? he wanted to. Oh, I see. And okay. that is the point when uh, color lost the U in American <sighs> English. And that's when things like, I'm guessing, mom and mum got shifted as well. Right, he tried right. to shorten the word island. He tried to take the S out of the word island, like a uh, bunch of other things. Loads it's of a silent really fun letters e- went. Everything exactly. went slightly more phonetic, which, which you know, makes sense. The the other one that's consistent, because the U after the O, that's something that's virtually not done in, in American yes. English. Um, uh, but also Zs instead of Ss. Yes. Um, that's That's the other one. Uh, I've been uh, I've been writing some articles for uh, for Boss Effects Pedals recently, and uh, and of course they want to have like a a global language sort of thing, which yeah. of course is American English rather than English English. So That's I have right. To, uh, I have to. Uh, <laughs> so I have to make sure I'm spelling with Z's and dropping U's all over the place. Um, oh yeah, I, that's got to be. I wonder if there's a way to uh, set up your grammar check I to did. to American. I, I did. did yeah, I, I found if I write it in in Google Docs, if I write the articles in Google oh, Docs, sure. it defaults to American English anyway. So it tells me I'm spelling things wrong. Oh, well, there you no, what well, wrong? You know, air quotes. <laughs> differently. Wrong. Of, differently. Of course, yes. Of course. Yeah. yeah no, I, I did find that episode really interesting as someone who was really interested interested in etymology and philology. Uh, of, and you know, finding where words come from. It was a fun Yeah, episode. that sounds great. That sounds great. So do listen to that. If you are also interested, um, there's no such thing as a fish. What a great podcast. I haven't listened yeah. to it in probably years, but it's uh, um, I never have the time anymore, but it is yeah. a, a fantastic podcast. I had not listened to it in a while, and I had a long drive back from Chicago, and so I started listening to episodes, and that's how I re-listened to the newest episode. And it was I, was, I, I almost had to stop listening because I couldn't drive. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Ah, well, that's good. Now, you, uh, Philip, the reason you were driving back from Chicago is, of course, because the wonderful event, the Fretboard Summit, has just happened. The weekend just gone. An event yes. I've never been to. I really wish I could go. I really need to make an effort to do more stateside stuff next year. 
Um, I feel like, you know, this year we haven't really, you know, it's, we're a year out of pandemic times really. And, and, you know, freedom of travel and all of that. And I just haven't, uh, haven't, you know, I've, I've stayed just sitting in my office. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the only guitar event I've been to this year is the one in Brighton, which is a 30-minute drive away. Right, from right. Me, it's so. your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I will make an effort next year. I'm, I'll definitely get over to some stuff. But Fretboard Summit sounds like an absolutely brilliant, wonderful um, guitar event that's just a little bit more uh, earthy than It, it uh, is. Than a lot of grandpa's guitars. Um, that's why I won I know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. So, Fretboard Summit, for those of you that don't know, is a, an event put on by the Fretboard Journal, which is basically Jason Verlindi. Uh, uh, he does a ton of podcasts. He has a great quarterly guitar magazine, a uh, big coffee table book style magazine. Uh, oh, I love those. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's absolutely, it's amazing. I've had him on the podcast. We talked about it. Um, but so, he put that on in Chicago, and it is it's a hard thing to describe to people because it it's kind of a luthier showcase more so than like your traditional guitar like weekend event trade show. That's certainly what it started out as very much a luthier showcase. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so the last two have been in Chicago, and Jason has said that's the plan moving forward. Is oh, it's going to continue to be in Chicago every year at the Old Town School of Folk uh, Music there in Chicago. That's good because yeah. I've been I've been watching The Bear um, a, a lot recently, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know I, d- I don't watch. T- Chicago isn't necessarily always where programs are set. So, well, not programs that I'm watching, and I'm like, damn, this place is great. So uh, I love Chicago. I I it's easily in my top three favorite U.S. cities. Right. Um, I I love. If it weren't for the winter, it might be my favorite. Uh, I just wouldn't survive the winter. It's fine. <laughs> I see. I'm, I'm from I see. Mississippi. Um, I did take the heat with me, so I drove up on Wednesday. Uh, it was super hot. Uh, met up with a buddy of mine there, Scott from the Effects Loop podcast, and Barry from Grez Guitars. We went and had dinner. It was fantastic. And then the next day, Chicago had the audacity to be 102 degrees Fahrenheit. Right, right. I'm going to have to translate yeah. that. Yeah, that translates to something like almost 40 degrees for you. Uh, oh, I've done it the wrong way around. So it's telling oh. me that it's uh, 215. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, flip that around. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, here we are. There we go. That was that was harder than I thought. Yeah, 38.8, yeah. 39 pretty much. That is unbelievable. That is yeah. unbelievably hot. Yeah, and, and that is not a typical late Chicago summer, but it's fine. So... It was full of really interesting workshops and events. Uh, got to hear a lot of really amazing players play. Uh, Joey Landreth was there. Adam Levy was there. Um, Adam Miller uh, was there as well. Tommy Emanuel was the Saturday night performance. What a uh, wonderful selection of like high-quality, tasteful guitar players. Yeah, and I'm missing so many that somebody's going to be mad at me. Right. <laughs> um, it's because that's just the way it is. So it's this combination. Like You've got uh, rooms and rooms and rooms full of uh, builders, mostly acoustic luthiers. Right. Mostly, um, although there is a, a smattering of electrics, uh, Barry, obviously from Grez Guitars. Um, uh, oh, oh, there's a brand that I'm gonna think of. Oh, I have it here somewhere. I'm gonna cheat. Cheats um, quick, quick. I know. 
Is can't it, do anything quick. Um, so, uh, but had a uh, black bobbin from Chicago who makes these really incredible jazz masters. Um, oh, here it is. Uber Frank guitars. Um, Uber Frank, Uber Frank, uh, however you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen those, oh, I should have sent you these ahead of time. So you could be nerding out about this because <laughs> seriously, Joe, they do a model. And, and you, you might actually might hate this, but I love the ingenuity about it. Uh, they have a model guitar that has capos that instead of clamping to the neck, there's actually an inset screw on the fretboard that it screws into. And the capos are stored in the guitar body. Oh, wow. I, I it, like that. That's, uh, that is, that is truly solving a problem that does not exist yes no it's totally it's totally solving a problem but uh, besides that they they make uh and that's on their baritone model by the way that's that's and their baritone model has a uh charlie christian pickup and and then it's also got a little three string sub pickup so that you can route the three lowest strings to a different amp. I, and I really like this. What what a great combination. Yeah, like yeah. a submarine pickup with a Charlie Christian. That's very nice. Yeah, yeah it's and, and they made really great guitars, but I, I digress. There there were a lot more interesting electric builders there this year than last year. Right. So it's really nice to see that. It's still not a place if you're into guitar pedals, although Union Tube and Transistor was there um, and, and made some special uh, pedals for the event that oh, were sold cool. at, on, on site. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was super rad. I love Chicago. Um, so uh, uh, not Chicago, the Old Town School of Folk Music. I keep wanting to say old school instead of old town. Um, it's it's a bad movie. Don't go watch it. But it's a building that actually started as a public library in Chicago. Ah, right. But when they built the yeah, but when they built the new public library, uh, it sat vacant for a while until the Old Town School of Folk Music, which was in Old Town of Chicago bought it and moved their facilities there. So yeah, it was the convergence of all my favorite things, guitar, <laughs> music, and libraries. It was great. I see. Oh, wow. That's, that is awesome. It certainly looked great. All the pictures that I saw, you sent me, oh, I want to talk about a few of the things that were there because yeah. they all look very, very cool, but you sent me something that was especially exciting, a brand that I'd never heard about, certainly seemed very boutique indeed, Motanda. Is that my saying that right? Motanda yeah, Guitars? so made by a gentleman named Justin Motander jones It's right. a um, good name, isn't it? It's a solid yeah, name. It's a very, very solid name. Uh, and and I, as, as far as I can tell, Justin is primarily a bassist, although he's building guitars. Um, and they're they're very unique. I think he's still he's he's finding his style. Right. There's nothing standard for his build. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And, and they were fine. I'll be honest, and, and I told Justin this, they're not really my style for the most so, part. Some of I, them were sort of had that luthier feel to them where everything's overdone. It's almost like you have everything. Here's a German yeah. carve and a quilted top and weird pickups, and uh, we've made the control knobs out of uh, jade. You know, it's, right. it's that sort of thing. But, uh, but, but some of them have got this cool Jetson-y 50s look to them that's, uh, that's very cool and still original as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and if you scroll back on his Instagram, you can see some of the older stuff he did that, that that's even cooler than the stuff that he had at the show. But one of the things he had at the show that really, really, it was one of the coolest things that I saw the entire, the entire weekend. He has developed this system. It's actually not entirely unique. He was inspired by the, uh, uh, the Leslie, um, I'm going to look it up so I can tell this correctly. It's the Pickup Leslie, which is a way of switching your pickups that creates a tremolo effect or like a Leslie sound. Well, Unbelievable. So moving it, tremolo. Yeah, moving tremolo by, by changing your pickups and phase switching between them. And it's really cool. And he got really inspired by that. Now, the Leslie system, the, the Pickup Leslie system, fits under an existing plate. And it's just literally, you know, moving those switches back and forth that way. And so it's it's very limited in its capabilities to just do that. Well, he took that concept, added an Arduino to it, and some LEDs to show the identification of his pickups, and then a control plate where you can program the order of your pickup switching. You can change the switch between them to be sine wave, square wave, triangle wave, <laughs> uh, forward slant triangle, backward slant triangle, whatever you want to do. And then you can have it where if you it has three pickups, it's an HSS, and you number them one, two, three, arbitrarily, just so listeners can follow along here since I can't show them. Uh, it would... You know, you can set it up where you're like, oh, I wanted to just go back and forth between the pickups. So one, two, three, two, one, two, three, two, one. Or I want it to double at each end. One, two, three, three, two, one, one, two, three, three. Or you can do wild things like one, three, one, three, two, three, two, three, one, three, one, three. And it's creating this really, really engrossing tremolo or an almost vibrato effect yeah. that I just sat and played for like 20 minutes, just cycling through these settings. And it sounded like no tremolo I've ever heard. Wow. I can't, I can't even imagine. It must have so much like depth and character and it's, but I'm surprised this thing is so rare and not more standardized as it seems to be able to be done with just a simple switching kit. Yeah, I had never even heard of the concept until I saw the Motander. So I saw the most complex version before I ever heard of the other version. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I, I I had never heard it existed. I didn't. 
I've done the thing where you switch real quick on a strat, like you'll you'll hold a chord and switch your pickups back and forth to sure. you know get a weird weird effect out of it. I never once thought, oh well, if I put this on a switch that automated the switching for me, and I could tell it how fast or slow. Um, that was the other thing with the digital version he had done for the switching. You could actually ramp it up to almost so fast you got to ring mod territory from your pickups. Wow. Wow. What a crazy thing to add on to your guitar. They do look really cool, just in general. That that body shape, dear listener, if you do check it out, Justin Motanda Jones is it's just the fella's name as his Instagram handle for Motanda Guitars. Um, but that body shape it's very cool, very 50s, very Jetsons, very angular, offsetty, And uh, yeah, it looks great. The guitars and the basses available in that look weird and cool and interesting and just great. It's always yeah. fun to find something that's just a little different, just yeah. a little off the beaten path that like it's not quite ready for prime time, but it's something there's something here. Right. Yeah, 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 absolutely, super cool. So, what else? What what else did you discover at Fretboard Summit? Was there anything else that was there anything that stood out especially at this year's? Um, I should never be allowed to pick up Collings guitars. <laughs> That's so good. Collings sh- guitars are amazing, but also they come with an amazing price tag. Yeah, I I played a bunch of them that they had in there. So they had they're one of the bigger sponsors of the event. So they had their own room to themselves, right. and so I went in there and I I chatted with uh, uh, Nully, who is the head of manufacturing there at Collings, for a little while, and played yeah. a bunch of guitars, and it was. I don't know. It left me questioning everything I know about guitars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not fair. It, it's absolutely not fair. Um, I played um, I played a Husson Dalton acoustic for the first time ever. Right. Um, I, I highly don't recommend that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> listeners, for the record, when I don't recommend something, what I'm doing is speaking on behalf of your wallet. Uh, <laughs> it's I don't recommend it because you're going to spend the next – X number of years figuring out how to afford it because mm-hmm. they are just that stinking good. Um, but I will tell you one of the cooler moments. Uh, so how familiar with Hamer guitars are you? Um, yeah, not, not too familiar, roughly there. Yeah. So they were kind of a thing for a little while here. You know, Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick played them. Uh, well, they are based out of Wilmette, Illinois, and I didn't know that, and they were there. Well, not as Hamer Guitars, because obviously the brand Hamer had been sold for years. They were there under a new moniker. I think it was just H. I don't remember exactly what that was standing for. But Paul Hamer, the founder of Hamer Guitars, was there. And so I got to meet and talk to uh, Paul for just a little bit. Oh, and uh, I, I don't know, it's just really cool. Paul was in this for a long, long time ago. He started Hammer Guitars in, in Wilmette in Chicago area, uh, worked with Rick Nielsen. They had a bunch of really great models over the years. I'd owned a couple. Uh, most of the ones I owned weren't their like, really nice USA made or custom shops. I had the import Hammers, which I think most people are going to be familiar with. Uh-huh. Uh, but that it was just one of those events where I'd walk around a corner and you know end up talking to you know Paul Hammer or... <laughs> You know, other, you know, they're just really cool. Or Adam Levy just wanders by. I'm like, 
that dude played on one of my favorite records from the early 2000s. You know, he played on the Tracy Chapman record. He played on the uh, early Nora Jones records. Uh, it's like he's just one of the best guitar players I've ever heard play live because he right. doesn't know how to overplay. He's so good. <laughs> oh, that's it. That is a wonderful compliment and a great skill. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Any guitarist. Uh, and, but it was, it was super approachable. I mean, like Josh Scott's wandering the halls, just kind of wandering through going to events. You know, it's yeah. that kind of really close. They limited number of se- uh, tickets sold. You did, you know, if you didn't get there, if you didn't buy when they were available, you didn't get to go. Oh, that's interesting. Thing. That's cool. That's a great yeah. way to drive popularity. I, I'm going to say, I just looked up H guitars. They yeah. are extraordinarily unusual i mean the backs of them look like radiators oh yeah yeah i should have sent you pictures they're very they're very different they are Um, the the, dear listener that made no sense to you when i said that but what i mean the back is corrugated mm -hmm. Uh, i don't know how to describe this using words so you're gonna have to check it out (laughs) h guitars um, they are. Uh, yeah, each let, guitar is handmade in Illinois by the Hamer yeah. family. And it uh, is listeners, if you uh, if you know what a washboard looks like, right. it's an inverted washboard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild. So yeah, there was but then there was also, you know, bourgeois guitars there with their fourteen to twenty thousand dollar acoustic guitars and, sure. and the acoustic the acoustic instrument world. Electric players, if you think you're spending a lot of money on instruments, the acoustic world, not just guitars, but acoustic instruments, it's an entirely different ball game. Yeah. Um, Because when you're talking about, especially in the bluegrass world where they don't use pickups, like it's blasphemy to put a pickup in your guitar. Like you're just meant to stand around a microphone and all play loud enough to be heard. Yeah. it gets a little different in those, those scenarios. Yeah. So the, and that's, that's what a lot of this was. And a lot of very, very, uh, fancy guitars, uh, fancy acoustic grandpa's guitars, as I call them, still call them because I'm still living in the two thousands. Uh, <laughs> But I, I loved every everyone I met was wonderful. Everybody just was so happy to be there and talking about guitars and having a great time. That it's it's an it's an environment that's really hard to have a bad time in. Yeah. Well, that's guitar shows, but this one sounds especially <laughs> special. It is. Um, it's, so. it's, it's it's really nice because you're not everybody's not down on some warehouse floor, you know, uh, separated by drape and curtain kind of thing. You know what right. I mean? Or or whatever booth you want to have set up. Like the biggest a room was, it had maybe eight different builders in it. And then you you go to the next room and there's, you know, six to eight builders there and that the next room's smaller. So there's only four in there. So you get to, it, it feels like you can actually talk to people. That's nice. Rather than just being in this big, you know, auditorium. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that is a big advantage. The, the, you know, I hate a quiet, a silent guitar show. They're, they're, they're not good, but also uh, it's impossible to talk to people at a normal guitar show. Yeah. It's too, it's too much. Coming back to Collings guitars. Oh yeah. What did you what did you play? What models did you play? Because you know, they they do some great stuff in there. They do, uh, and and all of the models I played are prototypes. Oh really? (laughs) That don't exist. So I yeah, that was the thing. They had a bunch of prototypes. They had a couple of electric prototypes there. Um and then they had a couple of acoustics that, you know, I guess were they're trying things. It's not something that's standard to them yet. Um 
it was so that's the other advantage of a, a show like this you know the sellers could sell at this event right right but in the callings room nothing was for sale they're like because these are all prototypes <laughs> this is you know these are things we can't sell yet well, that's a cool way to you know to uh check you know see see what the see what people are into oh absolutely um i i I really love the Collins. I don't think we've ever talked about the range of Collins guitars on the podcast. I'm a big fan of the 290 series, which is their okay. junior esque series. They do a 290s, which is their single cut. They do loads. They do double cuts in the S is single pickup. So they do they do four models, which is basically single cut or double cut, one pickup or two pickup or dog eared P90s on the on the one pickup. But they're their incarnation of a Les Paul Jr. is ju- it, it, it's gorgeous. The things they've changed about it, I think, aesthetically make it, if, if anything, make it look better. You know, when a, a, another company does a version of something and they'll, they'll have to change something, the horn, the headstock, right. something like that, whatever they've changed, it might only be a little bit, but it will be a it little bit not wrong. as good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Whereas it just the Collins, the Collins just looks fantastic. I think they've nailed that guitar. Um, the, I, I would love to get to play some of their, some of their hollow bodies, some of their hollow body electrics. They do like a, um, the new thing is their 470, which is them very much doing a jet, a Gretsch jet. Yeah. And, and I played the, I played the 470, uh, Julian Lodge last year. Ah, right. And that guitar gave me serious, like identity problems. <laughs> Like, cause I've never been a Gretsch guy. Ah, no, and so yes, that's it not is. a model that should ever be like in my wheelhouse. But right. I was like, I, I could make this my wheelhouse. <laughs> I see. I see. Oh, I'm surprised yeah. at that, that Gretsch has never been in your wheelhouse, considering you're very Gibson-y, very yeah. bluesy. I just, it was always something that I associated with some other style, right? Right. It was always a, a guitar that I didn't really think of as my thing. Uh, so I just, I never got. I never got really wrapped up in them. Don't get me wrong. I, I appreciate them now. And I do own, I own an import, you know, one of the full big, big hollow body uh, models that I, I can't rattle off those four digits fast enough to tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, 5120, I don't know, G5120. I don't, I don't know what they know. It's an Electroliner. It's fine. It's black. Here at Guitar Nerds, we are massive fans of Stringjoy guitar strings, and you should be too. Strings are such a fundamentally important part of being a guitarist and a guitar nerd, which you all are. Yet often when it comes to strings, we overlook them. We spent years just buying the handful of standard sets out there instead of seeking out the same quality we look for in our guitars, effects and amps. Scott at Stringjoy and the Stringjoy team are massive nerds about guitars and guitar strings, and they've worked very hard to create extremely high quality sets of electric, acoustic, bass and mandolin strings, both in a broad range of gauges and the unique option to custom design your own set which has frankly become an essential for me to explore alternate tunings and try new things. Stringjoy strings are available at stringjoy.com and at 400 plus dealers across the globe. If your local store doesn't stock Stringjoy yet, ask them to. I just associated them with like Beatles and like in this style that I wouldn't play. Yeah, you know. I like the Beatles. Uh, I didn't play Beatles music. Right, right. Um, so Gretsch wasn't my thing, but I want a White Falcon real bad. 
real bad. Yeah, who who doesn't? That's the the White Falcon's the one that transcends everything. Everyone wants a White Falcon. Yeah, probably the only guitar ever made with gold hardware that everyone wants. Uh, there is a model that came out recently of the Falcon in uh, Midnight Sapphire. That's what it's called. Right. Have you seen this color yet? I have not. Midnight Sapphire. Is it anything like when Mercedes, uh, when Mercedes, when Fender brought out Mercedes Blue, which was a just off, just blue black? Maybe. I haven't seen that. Hmm. Um, Yes, that's precisely what that is. Right. Um, Wonderful. That, that is a tasteful color. Like, yeah, it is. Super deep grays and super deep blues always just look just regal refined very sophisticated it's a top top shelf color yes um i had an offer on a trade for a sapphire a midnight sapphire falcon and dude backed out of it because my amp was too old oh no what yeah. was the amp you were trying to offload uh, i was gonna trade my uh divided by 13 my rsa 31 for it oh wow but it's a it's like an 05 model and he's worried about filter capacitors going out like, <laughs> what <laughs> well <laughs> yeah fine. so you know it is what it is fine oh, yeah well. well um uh <laughs> Well, yes. Mo- moving on then from um, from fretboard summit um, and and all of those things. Before, because we've got some other things, you've picked up another new amplifier and a new effects. But before we talk about those things, I wanted to talk a little bit bit about my continued Telecaster hunt. Oh yeah. So how's that going? Uh, so I mean, after I've told you to buy a three thousand dollar guitar. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so my, so the thing with hunting for a Telecaster me, so dear listener, I've been talking about the fact that what I really want is like a 52 style Telecaster, but you know, I was messaging you about this, Philip, and I messaged yeah. the, the other guitar nerds about it as well. It, I, I really want 7.25 inch radius, but I really want butterscotch and those two things Fender actually don't often do. You know, yeah, not, exactly. not at a price, but I can get a custom shop that will do that. But I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like that weird a thing to want together. <laughs> you know, like, right. I, am I really spending two grand to just get this color with this, uh, you know, this um, fretboard radius? So, uh, so I was. I was just, I've been hunting around. The Baja is an option. Baja, great. I mean, I don't need the four-way selector, but great guitar. Used to own one, 9.5-inch radius. I could get around that. Yeah. And it comes in butterscotch and looks great. It was designed by the custom shop. It's a wonderful, wonderful guitar. There's a reason that guitar nerds have been big fans of that guitar for years and years. Right. It is very good. I could go the current Roadworn limited edition in Sonic Blue. I really don't like that color, though. And that mm. would mean having to get something refinished. Vintera, actually Vintera offer the 7.25-inch radius, but I'd have to go Sunburst for that, which, again, mm. is, is kind of okay. Um, you know, it's still a great color, but it wasn't quite the color I was looking for. And then part of me is going, oh, I really do want something that is a bit road-worn, a bit worn in, if I'm trying to get my ultimate guitar. So I've just been struggling. Basically, I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that, yes, 
probably if I want a Telecaster with the things that I want, I probably do need to spend a chunk of money. Yeah, because there's just nobody doing it in that exact configuration. Exactly, exactly. But it it kind of, uh, it got me thinking about alternatives. It got me thinking about, well, what, what am I looking for? Why the Telecaster? Why the 52 Telecaster? And what other options are there out there from other brands that aren't Telecaster? I mean, different guitars. So that got me thinking about Juniors. You know, okay. about about yeah. Les Paul Juniors. There'd been some discussion on the Guitar Nerds Facebook group, Guitar Nerds group on Facebook, dear listener. If you're not part of it, do join. Um, uh, some talk about old 70s Arbiter, which was Ibanez, Les Paul Juniors, okay. um, and a few of those like proper 70s Les Paul Juniors. There's one on Reverb now for £925. That's a great, that's a great option. Yeah. So I started thinking about basically things like that. I looked at Eastman. They do their SB55, their version of a junior, which is also fantastic. And I was I mean, I'm basically just seeing what else can I get where I can get nitro, I can get vintage correct features, because that's really what I wanted. If I was getting a 52 Telecaster, I didn't want them to put a modern poly on it yeah you don't poly, want a poly, a poly finish and, a, on and it. a modern radius i appreciate dear listener that if i get a gibson it obviously has a flatter radius but gibson did have flatter radiuses back when so that's mm-hmm. okay what we're basically boiling everything down to is my obsession with things being vintage correct yeah okay which is the problem which then got me thinking maybe what i should be looking for is a vintage guitar Oh, well then, we just passed that $3,000 mark long ago then. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, which made me start thinking about what are some alternatives to the big two Sure, that are great guitars, but a vintage that I can get at a decent price. And I did find something that I want to put to you and to you, dear listener, as well. I want feedback on this because the feedback I got from Matt and Jay Cross was that I'm an idiot on this one. <laughs> but um, I, I thought it was extremely cool. Um, I am just going to, in the in the chat that we've got on this recording, I've just popped a link in there for you, Philip. Oh, yeah. I love it how is, you, you got me all that information in the, the list for today, but you didn't drop these. You wanted to get instant reactions yes, to them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, what I'm talking about, dear listener, is a 1959 metallic copper Silvertone U1. The U1 is their single cut, single pickup guitar. This one has the six aside headstock. There are others that were released at similar times that have three aside headstock uh what do they call this headstock? it's called like the dolphin headstock or something there was a, a name for this one yeah, yeah dolphin right, headstock actually. it is yeah, yeah dolphin headstock yeah. Uh, i mean it's players grade it's so worn the copper's worn away to reveal like the white undercoat so it almost looks like the guitar is made out of plastic it's 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 incredible obviously you've got that very very cheap bridge which is just three screws holding uh, a piece of metal that holds the strings with a piece of what looks like relatively rotten wood that is uh, my only access to intonation. 
I've no idea what the switch does on this, by the way. The the, uh, the there's a there's a pickup selector. It could work like the um the Esquire picking does. Yeah, uh, I, 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 switching does. I, I hope so. Yeah, I'd like to think so. But then it has a master tone as well, so I, I'm, I'm not sure. But um, but that's the guitar. It's is listed for a thousand pounds. I'd offer less. Um, yeah. I've seen a few go for a little bit less, to be honest. It's a little bit on the high side, but it is very cool. Um, I found a video, Norm's Rare Guitars. We were talking about that, that shop before, yeah. uh, before we podcasted, um, actually, Philip. And the, I saw like a video that they put together. Now, Norm's Rare, Rare Guitars are blessed by having the people that they have that do their videos are some of the most tasteful blues guitar players yes. I've ever listened to. So, it's a great sales pitch <laughs> to play guitar as well as they do in this video. But my goodness, using just this one pickup guitar and a loop pedal, um, rolling on and off the tone control, the fella, I wish I'd call his name. I'm, I'm sure he hosts all the videos. I just don't watch them enough to know yeah. who the, who the host is for that, for that channel. But, um, that it, using just a looper pedal and the tone control, he creates, he builds up like bass lines, rhythmic um, sort of uh, changing on the strings. And then, yeah, little bass lines and then lead parts, chord parts over the top, builds whole blues tracks with just this guitar. And uh, I think it's a Fender Deluxe. Um, it's so cool. I'm thinking about getting it. The reason the guitar nerds fellas think this is a bad idea is obviously that this will be a very uh janky instrument yeah 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 well that's not why it's a bad idea right right okay that's not that's not why it's a bad idea why is it a bad idea one the this guitar and a telecaster have about as much in common as a kitten and a tomato (laughs) um so Joe, let's 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 go back. Let's walk you back in your right. search here. Okay. What was the reason for looking for a Telecaster? I wanted a guitar that sounded good in all situations. Yep. You know what this guitar does not do <laughs> at all. <laughs> Sound good in all situations. Yeah. This is a bad move. It's a super cool guitar. It is an extremely rad instrument. I think it looks great. I think that bridge is in better shape than it looks like it is. Because um, it's literally a metal plate with a piece of rosewood glued on it. Yeah. It's it's fine. Uh, I actually don't think you'd have any real major issues with this instrument other than it's old it's gonna you're gonna have just old guitar problems uh but it does not fulfill the original goal because you've done with this guitar search the exact same thing i've done with several amp searches right like or it actually this is do you remember the website pandora like the one of the first streaming services oh sure yeah i know where, what you mean. where you didn't actually save songs or create playlists you told it an artist or a song and it created a playlist for you automatically but if you played that playlist for too long because what it was doing it was saying this song has these three out of four things in common with this song and this artist has this five out of seven things in common with this artist if you run that playlist too long 
before you know what started with Shakira ends up on Metallica. Right. Like it just, it, it, random artists are random, but uh, it, it shifts you along. Your guitar search has done that. Isotope Native Instruments and Plugin Alliance are launching a whole bunch of super hot deals for the Summer of Sound sale. From now until the 6th of July 2023, Isotope are offering all their software for 50% or more off, including the comprehensive mixing and mastering bundle Music Production Suite 5, as well as flagship tools like Ozone, RX, Neutron and more. All things I use to edit this podcast. Visit isotope.com and check out the frankly colossal range of things that you can get at extraordinary prices and take your mixing and editing to a whole new level. You started with this thing that had all these qualifiers, you know, old style, this neck, good in all situations, et cetera, et cetera, this finish, this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you've jumped so far in your search that now you only have one thing in common with your original search, and it's that it's old. <laughs> That's all you've got. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you've, you've abandoned your previous, uh, you know, purpose yeah. <laughs> you found a very rad very cool guitar that's gonna be the same thing as every other rad cool guitar you ended up buying because it was what was available wasn't what you originally wanted right right and that's what i need to do in this case i need to hold fire and find the right guitar right right find the right guitar you need to Not you need to silver hold tone. serve yeah as, don't as buy cool this as silver silver tone. don't buy this silver tone don't okay. do it. It's a great, it's a super cool guitar, but you're going to be in this, this exact same spot in three months looking for one guitar that does everything because that guitar is not doing it. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'm going to do my best. Um, and dear listener, if you have any other recommendations for me, a cool vintage all-rounder. Obviously, I think I should hold on and find the right 52 Telecaster or just stump up the cash. Yeah. But I'm up for up for interesting suggestions. Um, one guitar to rule them all. Something I can use for all my demos. Something that can become my identity. The extension of me as a guitar. That's what I'm looking for. Something I've never had. I'm happy as a bass player yeah. to flip between fidelities, precisions, jazzes, you know, uh, stone fields, anything like that. But with guitar, I want this one thing. I want this one yeah. thing that helps me develop a style and a feel and... And before any listeners come after us, because Joe did say earlier, talking about the Road Worn, you you said it was the radius issue. Road Worns, I'm pretty sure, have a seven and a quarter radius. They do. Yes. It's the neck profile you don't like. You don't like the medium C that they've got. uh, I think they're actually okay. I think on Road Worns, it is a U on the 50... The 50s Telecaster. The only problem Road Worn has is it only comes in sonic blue. And oh, um, that's only if you buy a new one. Yeah, I know, but I never the the butterscotch ones just don't turn up. Oh, because I'm looking at one. It's in New York. <laughs> in, but... in America, which is much bigger <laughs> it is. than it's the UK not... market. Like, know, I've, had, like... I've had loads of listeners get in touch with me from like the <laughs> States, Canada, Europe, being like, here's this suggestion. I'm like, yeah, it's going to cost me the, the, the price of the guitar again to import it. I might as well go custom shop. Yeah, that's true. That's um, true. Importing is terrible. I've So I've only had to... Um, I've only ever imported one guitar. I bought it's actually it's a US guitar that had been sold to a guy who lived in Dubai and then I bought it from him and he shipped it back to me and navigating 
customs and all that stuff. I never want to do that again. Yeah. Like it's dumb. And, and I empathize with how much y'all have to deal with this now <laughs> with everything. <laughs> with us being outside of Europe. Yeah. Well, the problem is we can't even, uh, we can't even send stuff to Northern Ireland, which is still part of the, the UK <laughs> because no one knows what's happening to the point that they're like, well, like if you try and send something to Northern Ireland with UPS, because it now has to pass through the Republic of Ireland to get to Northern Ireland, oh. you've got to fill out all the forms. Just, you know, you don't have to pay any duties, but you still have to fill out the forms. So oh, uh, that's so wild. Yeah. Ah, well. Great step forward there, everyone. Say la vie. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so this week been doing a bit of a uh, bit of recording recording some yeah. demos for uh, well for for KMA have released these these one off a one off pedal every month for the rest of the year like uh, they're pedals that they currently make Mm-hmm. but in limited edition finishes. We've sure. got some great ones. They're okay. actually all here at my house because I've got to do all the videos for them. And they're they're very, very cool new colours. First one they released was a gold Fuzzly Bear 2. The Fuzzly Bear 2 is based on the old 70s um, Jordan Boss Tone, which was kind of one of those fuzz pedals that wasn't a pedal. It was like a little thing that connected to your jack input. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, super cool. So it's based on that. I still think that's a really great design and more pedal makers should do it. Yeah. Like the Dan Armstrong, like the orange squeeze. Yeah. That was uh, orange drop. I can't remember what it was called. Orange squeeze, I think. It was, but, it was orange squeeze, I think. Yeah. But that, that was great. Yeah. It, it is a cool, it is a cool idea and a cool design. But, um, but yeah, so that the, the fuzzy better is great. It's inspired by that, but it obviously does a whole lot more because that was, is a very skinny fuzz from you know the 70s so right he's added a bias control so you can get in all your low end it actually sounds great on bass as well um but anyway so i was recording some videos for that and i just i plugged the pedal straight into my interface open studio one and i went to do what i always do which is open neural dsp's tone king app and the thing about the tone king is it's very hot so and and i wanted to demonstrate how great the fuzzy bear sounds at like low gain settings and i was like well, yeah. the tone king's not the thing what else do i have and i remembered from a previous podcast we were talking about this before i can't remember yeah. if it was with you or jd but i was talking about helix and helix native and i was like, oh yeah i have line six helix native on my computer the only reason i stopped using it because it crashed with studio one every time but I open it up, and sure enough, there's been an update, evidently. There probably was an update the week after I stopped <laughs> using it, about a year ago. So, But I, I open it up, it works fine. I was like, ah, oh, Helix is great. Once you know your way around the interface, you know as well as uh, I do, Philip. It's, it's great. It's, it's so versatile. And it, yeah. it just – I've lent my Helix LT to my friend Kerry. She's had it the best part of a year now. So I haven't actually done anything with any Helix stuff in the longest time. and. I guess I just forgot how good it was, dear listener. So that's what this week's demos are going to be. I just wanted to show how great Helix Native is. It's not expensive. What is it, like £99? Or, I don't know. I, I, actually, I think so. I think it's – well, let's find out. Let's find out. I don't want to say it's because I bought it a long time ago. The marvels of modern interneting. Um, okay, so I think I know what it is, Joe. So it's not – actually cheap oh it's, it's like cheap if you own a helix. dollars right. it's cheap if you own a helix That's and actually i bought it back when i had my helix i bought it and also took advantage of like an easter sale 
Right. Uh, I feel like they had an Easter sale, uh, which I, I, I guess, you know, Helix is used a lot in church music. Yeah, Makes sure. sense to have an Easter yeah. sale. Sure. Yeah. Um, they um, was 30% off. So it got knocked down to $99 because I own the Helix. Then it got de- knocked down another 30%. So I think I paid like $67 for Helix <laughs> Native. Wow. <laughs> like after all was said and done, it was, is is one of the better decisions I ever made. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you think about the sounds on there. They obviously they've copied a lot of the the Strymon timeline and things like mm-hmm. that. Like just the Strymon timeline plug inside of Helix, I would pay ninety nine dollars for. You know, yes. Let alone the rest of it. Um, but and they I, keep I, adding things. That's the thing. Once you have it, you're getting all the updates too. So yeah. everything new that's get at, gets added, you have it. Yeah, exactly. And so I know this is trodden ground, dear listener, but I just wanted to demonstrate a couple of things. One, the the Helix is fantastic at doing a really organic sound. Obviously, it's it's sold on, and certainly a lot of the presets are voiced around metal, aggressive music, tech music, anything that's heavy and high gain. And certainly, those are the players that are buying it more. You know, outside of it being used for worship stuff. But it does a really good edge of breakup tone. I found using a little treble booster into the front of it's actually the the Who Hundred uh, amplifier, which um, that they have on there, which it sounds yeah. gr- it sounds great um, just on its own. I just use that with like a spring reverb for this one for this. A little demo. I'm just showing you how great it sounds just at doing edge of breakup. And then the lead tone, it has this thing that's like an old tape deck. And then you can set how how buggered the tape deck is. Yeah, so, it so basically I, mimics being tape recorded. Exactly, exactly. So the lead line's kind of going through that and it makes it sound sort of, it, it sort of moves that tuning by a few cents and warbles it a little bit, a little bit like a soft vibrato basically, but it was lovely, tasteful, organic sounding and feeling. And anyway, here's, here's just some simple guitar and then we'll show the extent to what Helix can do when you try and crash your computer by using so many delays. But here's the simple version. <laughs> So that's just the Helix doing like a nice rock and rolly guitar sound. And if you're recording, I, I think that's flawless. Like that, that edge of breakup yeah. tone is, you don't need any more than that. It sounds very, very, very good. But at the other end of things, you can create these massive glitchy delays, these huge pitching octaves. And then you can do things like run your lead guitar tone through a megaphone. Um <laughs> And and so for this one, I've added like a backing guitar that's got their glitch delay. Um, it's got the uh, doing sort of little weird, I don't know, things every now and again. Their particle reverb creating these huge swells. And then I've got the lead line running through like a little boxy Supro amp, amp sim with all the mids pushed up. Then run into the uh, 
the uh, uh, aforementioned megaphone um, and this little octave delay running slightly after just doing a single repeat for the lead line. It's uh, anyway, here it is. There you go. The helix being completely ridiculous. Obviously, uh, I was listening to a lot of Omar Rodriguez Lopez this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, it tracks. Um, it, it it's such a powerful tool for such a low amount of money yeah. that you have access to everything. There's almost nothing you can't do in that platform. And I need to be reminded I have it myself every now and again because yeah. I, I start looking for other solutions. <laughs> I just bought the uh, the neural DSP Mesa. Sweet ah, yes. uh, and love that, but then I'm like, I probably could have done this in Helix. <laughs> probably, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. That's. So. I mean, that's that's kind of what I what I loved about returning to Helix. Not that it's comparable necessarily to a single plugin from Neural right. DSP, but oh, I no. u- I use that Tone King for everything, and it's got some great sounds in it. It's got a good reverb, a good delay, a good drive. Um, but sometimes if you're wanting something a little bit more or different, I'm like, oh, okay, well now I need to add another plugin that's going to sit in the wrong place really in the effects chain Yeah, uh, because I'm using effects within one plugin and I can't drop in and put this before the compression, but you know, before the, the amp, but after the compression, you know, stuff like that. So it becomes tricky. Whereas Helix just allows me to, you know, have the simplest amp set up in the world, which I have built now to do sort of future demos on just a simple edge breakup amp with a little bit of spring reverb. But I know when I need something ridiculous, I can just grab that from the Edix arsenal and pop that in. It is very, very good. You also recently picked up a new piece of line six um, equipment. Yeah. So one of, one of my gigs, one of my show choir gigs is, uh, they're looking to move to silent, you know, no amps, all in-ears, that kind of thing. Makes sense for the same and thing. And so, is. I was like, well, I got rid of my Helix years ago. And uh, so, I started just poking around and I thought, well, I guess, you know, I could just get another Helix. I like the floor just because I have this paranoia about being able to remember what all the switches are for on the <laughs> LT. <Right>. Like. <laughs> I know what you mean, actually. It is annoying about the LT. I spent ages programming mine in, and when I took it to my first band practice, I was like, I, I can't remember. Well, I need to get some tape. And yeah, exactly. Label these up. Yeah, I, I can't do it. So I need the, the scribble strips that are on the floor. And I was looking around for one of those. I thought about making an offer to try to get one, you know, used one. I'm not buying a new one. Uh, and then uh, started poking around on Facebook Marketplace, and I found 
uh, this gentleman with a Line 6 Podgo and a Marshall Origin 20C combo wow. for $350. <laughs> you know the Origin combo is worth more than $350. Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> and so I message him, you know, the typical, hey, do you still have this? Uh, you know, anything wrong with it? You go through that whole, like, questioning. Course, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, no, it's like new. It's, it's you know, it's fine. Um so actually, the the Pod Ghost still had the box, like all the original packaging. the The amp still had the hang tag on it, and it still has the foot switch. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, good, I, great. I, this stuff might be stolen. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, three hundred and fifty dollars later, wow. I have a Pod Go, and if anybody wants to buy a Marshall Origin Twenty C, how have get you in found, touch with me? How have you found the Marshall Origin Twenty C? You know, it's it got, fine. It got kind of mixed. Feedback, I think, because it was a very affordable Marshall uh, at a time where Marshall had released a lot of bad affordable products. Yeah. But I, I've seen like like core people who are part of the Guitar Nerds community sing its praises. I, I can't really admit to having spent enough time with it to have formed a, a, an opinion on it. But I like the idea of a good affordable Marshall, and I like the aesthetic. It's very classic. Yeah, I had the – so you, are you familiar with the Premier Guitar Mystery Stocking? Uh, oh, I, 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 I get the idea from what yeah, you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Premier Guitar does this thing where they get a bunch of stuff, don- I guess, donated or, you know, they create these swag bags that, you know, you right. buy. And it's a mystery stocking. You don't know if you're going to get, like, a guitar strap, two sets of strings, and, like, I, I, one of those weird winged knob turners that you can turn with your feet. Yeah, they're very that handy. Was- yeah, Wingman. super handy. Yeah, Wing, is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. I I, I bought like a, um, a a whole batch of them for uh, my guitarist Tim because he's <laughs> he's forever losing them. But uh, yeah. I have I have one or two of them because of Premier Guitars Guitars. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, or you might get something really awesome. I've entered the last three years and I've gotten two boxes of junk. Uh, it's not junk. It's fine. It's just it's stuff yeah. that like you would have never like a chord finder. Like I would have never bought that for myself, right? Yeah. Um, but last year, uh, a Marshall Origin Fifty C showed up at my door, what? and so yeah, that's <laughs> so. Um, I played that for a little while. I did end up selling it because it's ultimately I'm not a Marshall guy, right? So that's just what it always boils down to. It's like I keep wanting them to work because I love players that play Marshalls. Yeah, but they never play well with me, so I ended up selling that. But I think that was a very good amplifier. Um, and the 20, the my only issue with the 20C is I just don't identify Marshall tone and 10-inch speakers. Oh, it's 10. It's is a 1 it by 10. 10. Oh. It's a 1 by 10 instead of a 1 by 12, which is what the 50C is. Um, That's an odd so, choice. 20, yeah. 20 valve watts seems to... You know, more than command the use of a 12-inch speaker. I think so, too. I, I absolutely think it would and, – and I haven't yet plugged it into one of my other cabinets just to find out. And I'm, But I, I, I suspect it's going to sound great plugged right. into a different cabinet. Uh, I don't know how easy it would be to change the baffle out or if it would even yeah. fit a 12-inch speaker uh, or any of that. So, I mean, this is why I like having amp heads instead of combos. I right. use any cabinet I want. So, yeah, but I think it's a great amp. I think it sounds really, really good. Um, 
Uh, I, I'm going to plug it into the two notes a little later today and run it through that and try a bunch of different cabs and see how it sounds that way. But it's a good amp. I recommend it for anybody who's looking for a little, you know, quick grab and go style 20 watt amp. Yeah. Yeah. They were cool. Just affordable, but good Marshalls. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. If you, if you don't like that Marshall tone, it's that boxy thing. But uh, I want to like it. I want to like it a lot. Uh, but it just, it has yet to agree with me. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because I've never owned a blues breaker. Maybe that's what I need. <laughs> that's that's, I there need. you go. There's the next purchase. But the uh, the pod go, how have you found that as a Helix user? How do you find it? So, so what does a pod go have on it? Does it have all the Helix things? So it has all of the Helix things on it. In, uh, I don't know, um, so I poo-pooed on this thing for a long time because right. I seem to remember them feeling cheaper than this one feels. The The expression pedal does not fill me with confidence. Right. Uh, I will say that. But other than that, the chassis feels really solid. It's uh, really sturdy. The difference with the pod go that I found so far, and I have not done like massive deep diving, you still have everything is an option. You just can't quite do the complex paths and move things around the way you can on the other HX products. I see. I see. So you're sort of, you, your order is kind of limited and, and, the way you use things is a little more limited, which for the gig I'm doing, it's fine. We're doing, you know, uh, high school show choir arrangements of, you know, pop and rock tunes. Yeah. What you need is a, you know, a, a drive, a touch of delay, a bit of reverb. You know, that's probably it. A little bit of modulation here and there. Yeah. You know, nothing that you're going to be using in an effects, uh, in a complex effects chain. Just uh, exactly. this is a great way of, of, turning a five six pedal pedal board into one very easy to and you get the the added bonus of the expression pedal exactly and last year i played the entire show choir season with nothing but a uh a little 12 watt 112 combo that had reverb and tremolo on board and a king of tone that was my entire rig for for it last year so Right. Well, then this is yeah. You've got you've got loads more choice. Oh yeah. It, well, yeah. The the Pogo does look cool, and it is a it is very affordable for something that has all the Helix stuff on it. I guess you got just. Uh, I mean, I guess that's what it is. It's it's all of Helix, no deep dive. You've got it's, to decide that's if that's exactly what it. you want. I still think for me, the standout product is the HX Effects because it integrates so well with other effects. You don't have any of the amp or cab models, obviously, but for me personally, if I was going to be using something gigging, I'd be relying on the amplifier to do the amplifying and uh, just the Helix for effects. So, well, that- if you want to know how good it is, I mean, just look at players that are using it. Um, uh, I th- still think, I realize he's also a YouTuber, but you, you know, if it's someone like Rhett Scholl, who's gigging regularly, HX effects is a main, is a mainstay in his gigging pedal board. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, they are very good, dear listener. I'm I'm back on the Helix kick. But not as an amp substitute. No, not as an amp substitute. That's a mistake I made first time around. It was, there you uh, go. It, it did not work out for me. Because the effects are great. The effects are so good. Exactly. They are on point. They are on point. Now, we are, dear listener, coming to the end the end of uh, of this week's episode of the Guitarnas podcast. Philip and I are going to head over to Patreon, over onto the uh, um, Guitarnas uh, Patreon.com forward slash Guitarnas, where you can listen for as little as a dollar a month. 
Um, we record extra episodes every week. So we're going to talk about some questions from the Facebook group. I made a little list of some of the good ones. Oh, Peter Pesce, he asked a thing. Uh, he, he said uh, it was a question that was um, – that was inspired or close to the question that he actually put on the podcast when we had him for um, topic of the week. But he's talking about what brands do you just forget out there, even though they make great stuff. Um, and he's listed companies like Dr. Z, uh, Ibanez, you know, he's saying, yeah, like Ibanez, what have they been doing recently? Guild, Rickenbacker. I like what the comment he put with Rickenbacker was when you think you're in a niche, but you're actually in a hole. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's listed a few others on there. It was interesting. I like the comments, the replies, people suggesting things on there. Um, you know, I mean, one of the things he suggested on there, Gibson Acoustics, which, you know, yeah, there's an awful lot of competition for those at the moment. They sort of fall yeah. down the list of things that you think about. Um, Dewey Roebuck. Um, uh, managed to try an Eastman SB55 double cut at a local guitar shop and he fully gets the hype. I might talk a little bit. That's not really a question. That's just me wanting to talk about <laughs> Eastman guitars because I was thinking about a junior. Andy Manley's oh, yes. looking for a vintage style bass, but he's got a limit of £300, which he doesn't think is an issue for used basses. Um, so we could have a little look at what's available that's old school but affordable. Um, and then Frank Voigt, Frank Voigt's, sorry, um, has asked everyone what the best decade in guitar music is, which I thought, Philip, you and I could talk about. He has then gone on to, I mean, I nearly blocked him. He, he then went on to say <laughs> 1985 to 1995, which is surely the opposite of the best decade for guitar music. He wasn't music. being ironic? Are you sure? <laughs> I, I Are don't we know. sure? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I don't think that could actually, no. The decade after 95 to 2005 is probably the worst, right? Because you get See, Britpop mm, would have happened over here in the UK and then new metal would have happened over there in the US. Oh, that, that's so true. But like that, that 95 to 2005, I feel like was like, we also got like it brought guitar back in a lot of ways, though. Like, yes, so early nineties had been, like, you know, we we were coming out of the synthesizer dominance of the end of the eighties. Yeah, and you get the early nineties, you get the grunge thing, but there at the end of like ninety five forward, you started to get more of the well, at least the bands I like that were sort of rooted in more roots music. Uh, you know, you started to see the rise of. I really feel like 95 or right going into it is when that edge of breakup tone started to come back too. people just pushing amplifiers, right. not to the point of pure distortion, but just to overdrive them a little bit, yeah, a little more using chorus pedals quite as much. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I really, I like uh, a lot of the guitar music, but I don't know if it was the best or worst uh, decade in guitar music. I mean, I haven't listened to a lot of, you know, 1885 to 1895 Spanish guitarists, so I don't know. They might have been the best <laughs> era point then, of guitar music. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're going to head over and do that there, dear listener. So do come and join us. Also, dear listener, question for the Facebook group or DM me or however else you want. I want to get some honey picks. 
because they look absolutely amazing. I'm looking at stuff Wait. from their Royal Jelly Collection. Wait, I want your opinion on what I should get because I, I don't really know. I've never played them. So if you played Honey Picks, let me know. I want to get lots of Honey Picks. So. That's Joe, I have like twenty of them. Ah, well, there you go. I don't have any of them. I've got, <laughs> I've got, I've got these wonderful Hufschmidt uh, plectrums that I have that are absolutely uh, colossal. But um, mm. I, I just showed. Yeah, sorry. Dear sorry, listener, I just I saved just you from putting an explicit tag on this. Yeah, it's, that, that it's thing massive. is massive. Yeah, I don't know how big this is. It's probably ten. Oh, know. that's way more than ten. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I've got I've got, a, I've got an eight point four, and that thing's double. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's ridiculous. Anyway, we're going to head over there, dear listener. So do come and join us, and uh, and uh, you know, check out the forty watt podcast if you're not already a listener. You should be by now. We've had Philip on like half the series at this point of Gitanos. When's the next forty watts episode landing? Um, well, it was going to be this week, but uh, it's some some complications came up, so it will be next thursday well as this releases uh we'll we'll actually call it the first thursday in september so okay wonderful well do check it out dear listener and we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery farewell au revoir very much everyone for listening to this week's episode of the guitar nerds podcast thank you to our top tier patreon backers for your constant support and making it possible for us to continue doing this podcast thank you to rocket rob patterson marcus deluxe dorsonic pickups rob witherden chris franklin anton fryant russ meehan barry gresbick steve davis daniel walker Jorin Brown, John Conaway, Russell Healing, Yogi the Guitarist, Ty Allen, Kyle Harris, Sean Hughes, Andy Hoffler, Eric Hemmer, Jeffrey Wax, Brian Einzer, Mark Kazal Kadawaki, Stuart Robson, Eric File, Peter Pesce, Andy Manley, Joe Puttick, Blake Wyland, Phil Radomski, Dave Lee, Ross Edwards, Jason Morton, James Dore, Jake Gray, Derek Rich, Scott Kennedy, Steve Merkel, Abe Matthews, Christopher Losif, Stephen Burke, Robin Smith, Kytopia the Band, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Rob Nordvik, Scott O'Brien, and of course, the wonderful Moog Gravit.